Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a good song right here, Zeno. Light of all the rangers, you know you're the mastermind. Get into the spirit, people. Run, run. It's a good one. They're very good. Better than other crap you were playing earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Stucey exactly. Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Mark Zeno has been in all week. Uh, he had surgery, by the way. He posted a photo at Mark Zeno. It's uh, on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Because people were asking about what happened because I was talking about this huge cast that you have on. I'm looking at myself. It's right hand? Right hand. Right hand, yeah. And uh, and so last night, I literally, you know, I texted him. And I was like, hey, you doing okay? Because he had the surgery earlier yesterday morning. And he immediately texts back, I'm fine. At least that's how I read it. And then, um, <laughs> and then can't you, just be. I'm fine. No. And then you took a picture and you showed me. I think you guys assume the tenor of my voice just by my demeanor. And well, I, you're laying on the couch, and I figured, you know, you you, you were. I was angry. Yes. <laughs> and I showed Chris, and Chris goes, "What is that?" And I go, "I don't know." And then today, when you came in, I'm like, "What is it? Why did they wrap it up when you have a two inch incision on your elbow?" I have a small incision on my elbow and a small incision on my wrist, and. Maybe not too much. Wrapped up like a gordita in, in a cast, no less, and it's really annoying. The cast part is really like I figured modern medicine would have a better better answer than yeah. a cast. Like, how come we haven't figured out how to put something on an arm that is like not a cast that does the work of a cast? Wonderful Christmas time. No, we're not. I uh, my daughter broke her leg twice. Twice. Um, two separate years. Same, same leg. Same same leg. Well, I would think, well, what was it? It was, yeah, the leg. and then she got weak was, bones. And then it was the ankle. And to your point about her being in pain, and, and I felt like a jerk. I've told this story. But when it happened, she was at her friend's house. Hi, Sophie. Sophie's grandfather's an avid listener. Hi. <laughs> and uh, and so they were playing around at some group they were having. I think it was a church group or something. Long story short, she ends up breaking her leg. And I get to there because the parents, you know, they're like, we think Trinity's really injured. And I'm like, oh, great. So we, we roll over there, and just a typical dad, man, you know, like, doesn't look that injured to me. <laughs> you know, she's shaking it off, rub some dirt yes, on it. Yeah, they're helping her out of the house, you know, and she's, my leg. And this all gets back to once we got to Choa, because uh, this is a few years back, and they put that cast on. It was like, everything was fine. Like, once she got it stabilized, it was fine. And, and the painkillers, too. I can't lie about that. But, yeah, well. but uh, and that's why I was asking what you were taking last night. And you were like, I'm taking nothing. I didn't take any pain meds. So I, I said, okay. I'm not taking any pain meds at all. Yeah. I, I don't like pain meds. Like, honestly, they, they just wreak havoc my stomach. I don't ever feel good. I've always got that, like, foggy haze going on. It never, never so does. So you'd rather just me. deal with the pain. Yes, I just live with the pain. Okay. Well, you're dealing with it. Go check out Zeno's arm. That was a lie. On social media at Mark Zeno. Hey, I want you to hear a couple of things, and we're going to get to the top three stories. Uh, Hawks back in action tonight against the Pistons. Our coverage starts at seven o'clock right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Seven thirty tip. 
The weather's going to play a role tomorrow in this Falcons-Ravens game. How much? I don't know. Um, but Desmond Ritter was asked about his experience dealing with bad weather. This is what he said. Yeah, there were a couple of bad weather games. Um, I, I think the worst one was uh, Temple in 2019, I want to say, uh, which was about 32 sleeting. Uh, you know, I know the weather's supposed to be cold for this week, um, but at the end of the day, you can't. That's what we can't control, and uh, what we want to do is just control what we can control. He's talking about his time in Cincinnati and playing in a game where, you know, the weather is the weather, and um, and we'll see how he handles it tomorrow. Usually, you know, that it affects the passing game. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times is he going to throw it tomorrow is the question. Are we talking about over 25 times in that game against the Ravens tomorrow? Because if not – then I don't know if it's going to have a real big effect on the game plan and how they plan on attacking this Ravens defense. I think that the weather will dictate some of that. I mean, look, when we talked to Arthur earlier in the week, um, you know, we kind of heard him say that he would try to open things up a little more. But can you in the weather? Can you can you ask him to do more? Like the last thing you want is is – to see a bad performance from him because of the weather. Because no one's going to remember the weather. Yeah. They're just going to look at the stat line and go, ah. What happened? Know. Yeah. Another loss. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, listen, I don't know how it's going to affect it again. I am curious to see what it is when, when the kickoff uh, happens tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I want to play this one cut from Dean Pease. He was with Baltimore, guys. Mm-hmm. Won a Super Bowl there. Won a Super Bowl. He was with the, with the Patriots. This is what we said when he got hired and, and decided to come back out of retirement for Coach Arthur Smith. He's got the pedigree. He's got the experience. He's got the rings to prove. He knows what he's doing. And I think now that you see he's got his full defense installed here, what this could be if you had better players, if you had some more talent on the field, which is what he had when he was in Baltimore and certainly in New England. But he was talking about his respect for the football culture of Baltimore. This is interesting, and I want to get your opinion because I know you were up there for a while in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'll say this about Baltimore. I have the utmost respect, and I loved it there. Uh, I have nothing but good feelings about Baltimore. Uh, It's a great football town. Fans are very avid. Uh, They love their defense, uh, always have. And uh, Coach Harbaugh, like I told you, he played for me in college, and I coached for him for eight years. I retired from there. Uh, I really thought I was going to stay retired, too. I did not retire with the thought of going somewhere else. And so, I mean, it, it's, it was a very, very good place for me. I loved my eight years there. The staff, the administrative part of it, Ozzy, Steve Bashotti, the owner, all of them. I, I have no, uh, like I say, I left there on really, really great terms and, and had a great eight-year run there. And so, um, no, I have nothing negative. I, I, I really like my time there. It started with Ozzy, didn't it? He mentions Bashadi, who's the mm-hmm. owner. He's talking about Ozzie Newsom. Yep. And, and how he drafted, but also how he was able to put those teams together. And we're not talking about the past. Again, do you guys remember Ozzie Smith was the guy behind the Lamar Jackson, you know, draft? Yep. And people were like, what is he doing? And he was like, no, we're going to do this. And, and it ends up being the right move. Talk about the football culture. I mean, listen, it's, it's built around defense, obviously. Um, but it, you know, Particularly since John Harbaugh got there, it's, it's been a winning culture. I mean, look, even Billick, when Billick took over, Ted Marchabrota was the first coach there, right? They stunk. Billick took over, went 8-8, eight and eight, and then won a Super Bowl. 
Uh, went to the playoffs a couple more times. Had a 5-11 and year. Got fired. Remember the Ravens wanted to get Jason Garrett, was the hot That's coach right. at the time. That's right. They didn't get Jason Garrett. They, quote, settled for John Harbaugh. All he did was have a winning season every single year. Won a Super Bowl. He's had one, win- one losing season since. And they, all they do is win every year. They have the best front office in the league. They scout better than everybody else. They develop players better than everybody else. Um, fans here will remember a name like a guy, Edgerton Hartwell. Played great in Baltimore. Not so much here. Um, that's kind of what Baltimore is known for. Bart Scott was great in Baltimore, not so much with the Jets. You know, and, and some of that is the fact that they all played next to Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Sure. You know, they played on a defense. Those, those two Hall of Famers made other defensive players look a lot better, but they also churned out a whole bunch of other really good defensive players themselves, Lodi Nada, um, you know, uh, Jared Johnson, other guys. I mean, just the defense has always been is what has sold that team and that franchise. So, they play in a tough division that prides itself on defense with the Steelers and the Browns, right? They, these are the AFC North is probably more physical brand of football than most other divisions always has been, and um, they've made M&T Bank Stadium one of the hardest places to win a football game. Yeah, it, it really is. When you talk about culture in football, they're one of the. You teams want to model you yourself about. after the Ravens, yeah, absolutely. You, you talk about one of those teams. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. We're going to let you hear Jeff Schultz and what he had to say about the Dansby deal and why the Braves weren't willing to make a bigger offer. It's on the way. But right now, let's get to the top three. It's time for the top three at six. Top three at six. Now let's see what we have here. Grady Jarrett says the Falcons cannot get down like they did against the Saints. Guys, remember it was 14-0, and I think it made Desmond Ritter press a little bit, maybe why he sailed a couple of those balls early on. He did settle down, but you can't start that way against the Ravens. You know what I mean? It shows some resilience, but at the same time, we can't, we can't go down um, that early in the game like that, you know, making some mistakes and having explosive plays. we got to cut it out. You know, I think – it's, it's tough, you know, when guys do fight back and we do fight back, you know, but uh, being a competitor, you know, wanting to win, you know, the, the, um, trying to find the more victories is, is, is um, not what I'm trying to keep doing. You know what I'm saying? We've got to get better and um, find a way to stop uh, points from being scored and win some games. Yeah, more victories. I'm with you, Grady. Tomorrow, by the way, coverage begins at 11, uh, kicks at 1 right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We'll see what the Falcons do. Monday we'll be back at it. Uh, with the Falcon Monday and hearing hopefully from coach and uh, a variety of players as well. Also, uh, with the Hawks in in action tonight, John Collins was asked about Travis Slink. Travis Slink drafted John Collins, and he was asked about what he meant to him. Here's what J.C. said. No, yeah, obviously uh, meant a lot to me starting my my tenure with the NBA team here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Travis, again, believing in me and uh, using that, uh, was it 19th pick to take me? So. You know, I feel like Travis is forever in the positive with me and yeah. um, it's giving me an opportunity to start my NBA career. Now, is it too much for me to say if we had great leadership in, in this locker room that these guys could put all of this stuff in the front office aside and go out and ball out and win games and, and it wouldn't matter? Would you agree with that? If that was the situation here, it wouldn't necessarily reflect what's going to happen or what's going on on the floor? I think so. I mean... <sighs> There are teams and players that can compartmentalize what goes on in the field, the court, the floor, whatever it may be, uh, away from front office issues. But, Dukes, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of a team that really was able to execute that well. Like, good teams with, with good execution on the floor don't have front office issues because they're constructed the right way, right? Right. The only time you get consternation in the front office when the team isn't winning. Well, 
think about this, and, and it may be an unfair, you know, comparison, but, like, when you watch The Last Dance, you realize Reinsdorf was really not liked by anybody, right? He constructed the team. He had the superstars, and everything was in place. But, you know, even, even Phil Jackson, everybody was like, eh, but yet they won. They were able to put all that crap aside. You know, this is your last year here. And, and go out and ball. And that's what I'm asking. That may be an unfair, you know, uh, comparison because, again, sure. you're talking about Jordan, Pippen, Phil Jackson, arguably, arguably the greatest guys at their, you know, at their positions and maybe uh, in coaching history. But that's all I'm asking. Just go win, man. Let's find a way to win. That's all I want. It would be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice. And I'd like to win, a, like, a little streak. Can we go to five, six, seven game streak? Is that too much to ask? Right now, yes. Probably is. All right, coming up. Christmas time. Jeff Schultz, you'll hear what he has to say about the Hawks, the Falcons, and what happened in this Dansby deal. It's coming up next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have on our next guest. Uh, and Mark is right. We both enjoy this guy a lot. We have a lot of fun with him behind the scenes. Uh, and you guys get a chance to read him. Uh, with The Athletic, longtime columnist with the AJC as well, Jeff Schultz, joining us on the WaitForward.com hotline. You put that article out, Jeff, the other day about the money and what it looked like from the Braves' standpoint and why Dansby obviously had no choice but to take this deal with the Cubs. And I think a lot of Braves fans were like, what? It, 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 it sounded like a low-ball deal. How do you explain that? Or can you? Yeah, I think – I, I, I think there are two things at, um, at play, guys, and thanks for having me. Um, one was I, I think the market got way bigger than maybe Alex Anthopoulos or really almost anybody expected. And I don't mean that there weren't going to be bidders for Dansby Swanson. There were, but when you saw the contracts that were given to the first three shortstops off the market, you knew that. Um, whoever didn't have a short, who basically lost out, was going to sort of raise the stakes for Dansby Swanson. So I think that was one thing. Um, and then I think the other thing is, you know, if there's one thing that um, Alex has been really consistent about since he's taken over is he's given long-term deals to to guys extraordinarily early. He gave two to rookies last year, which people we were all kind of looking at ourselves. Um, and I think Alex is looking at himself like, am I really doing this? Um, but he doesn't like to pay money to guys who who they who he believes will be in their diminishing years so if he believes he can get three or four good years out of a guy he doesn't want to be paid that's fine and he's more than happy to give money in short-term deals but he doesn't want to give that same level of compensation on a five six seven year deal and so that's where that obviously impacts guaranteed money um, if you look at all of the, I want to say he gave out maybe six long-term contracts over the past year. Yep. All of those contracts, I think Austin Riley and Matt Olson, those are the only two that take them until they're 35. I think everybody else takes them to the early 30s. Um, and so I think that was at play here. Um, I, you know, whether you agree or disagree, that's, that's kind of what he does. Uh, I think he, I, I think he wanted Dansby back. I think much like to some degree he wanted Freddie back too. Uh, but I think there's a there's a limit to his want, and and his limit was you know the reported figure is 100 million dollars, which you know if he offered that to Dansby before the season that would have been fine. Um, if he offered Freddie Freeman the contract that they offered him at the end before the season that would have been fine, but they didn't do that, and you know the players you know 
bet on themselves. And in both cases, I think it, it paid off. Jeff, when you uh, when you look at this, it's Zeno, by the way. I know you miss me. Um, when you look it's at, terribly, Mark. I know it's, it's, it's feeling is mutual. Trust me. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I guess you have two of your cornerstone pieces depart two years in a row because you refuse to pony up the dough. Now you could argue right. this year was a little bit different because it was a seventy million dollar gap between what he got and what he wanted. That's really hard to bridge. I'm, I'm more concerned with the fact that you were seventy million off with your initial offer. Because if Alex right. didn't know what those other guys were going to get and wasn't feeling out what they were going to get, then shame on him. He's, that's his job to know where that market was before it got where it was. But beyond that, I think it sends an awful – like, if I'm Max Fried right now, I'm already looking for houses somewhere else. Because there's no way they're resigning me. Because I'm going to get 200 – even at worst, if I have two years like I just did this year. God forbid he wins a Cy Young. He's definitely gone. But, you know, right. if he has two more years like he had this year, there's no way they're ponying up $250 million for him. And that's what pitchers of his ilk get. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, the Max Free, there are two situations that are going to be really interesting to, to see how they play out. One, one is Travis Darnot, who has been really good as the starting catcher, and the team just made a trade for a starting catcher. So I understand that, that Anthopolis says, well, we're going to platoon, and you know, I'm sure Travis will get some time as DH, but he, he's not going to be start. You don't, you don't. You, you don't make a trade like that and give up the way they give up six assets, including an all-star DH last year as a rookie um, to make, to get a guy, unless you're going to be playing him all the time. Um, and I'm talking about Sean Murphy. So, so I think how Travis Darno, if he's not traded comes to camp will be in, interesting. And Max is the other one. And Max has, including this off season, I think two years of arbitration left. So theoretically, He's still he's still a couple of years from free agency, but he can't be very happy at all. And I, you know, we can talk about all of the position players and certainly you know jumping so soon on a long term deal with Michael Harris. But I think the Spencer Strider deal, as great as he was, and he was great, that's what really turned heads because you just don't normally commit like that to a, a rookie pitcher. Remember, in baseball, you have six years of salary control. You have three years before they even get to arbitration, and then you have three years of arbitration in general. And so I, Max is sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating now. But knowing most players, he's probably sitting there thinking, what the hell? What about me? I'm, I'm right here. And so he has been this team's best pitcher for a while now, and I don't, I don't know how things are going to play out. And, and, again, when you are a pitcher – the, the same thing is going through both minds. The team, you know, teams don't like to commit long-term to pitchers because they break down in the end. And pitchers want to get that long-term deal because they know they break down in the end. <laughs> so um, that would be very interesting to see. Jeff Schultz, columnist, guys, for The Athletic. You get a chance to read him. I want to shift gears and talk about what's going on with the Hawks. It's been top of mind here the last few days with Zeno and I on the show. Yeah. And yeah. now Travis Slink steps down. All right, I, I just want to get your interpretation of what's going on <laughs> with this situation. We've debated. We've gone back and Smells forth. Smells funny, Jeff. What, what's going on with these Hawks, Jeff? Okay, I, I don't mean to avoid the question. <laughs> okay. But there's some situ- there are some areas and some subjects, areas of subjects that I can't talk about it right now because I can't write right now. Um, I, and I realize I, you know, even saying that, people are going to think, what the hell, and this and that. But I will just say that there have been things going on internally in the Hawks organization 
in the front office for a while, maybe at least since the summer. And, and it hasn't been a good situation. Um, the team hasn't obviously played well. And granted, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, and, and the whole, you know, Travis is not general manager anymore. He's now just the team president, and we're bringing in Landry Fields or, you know, pushing him up to GM. And nobody has a problem with Landry Fields, by the way. He's a young guy, smart guy. Everybody likes him, very good guy. But it all seemed very weird. Tra- Landry still answered to Travis, but Travis was very, very much behind the scenes. He, he, he um, didn't want to be out front, I don't believe. Um, didn't really do media stuff. That's fine. Um, so Landry was pretty much the voice on everything, but he still answered to Travis. And now this sort of happens in the middle of a season. And, and in fact, not even in the middle of the season, we haven't, we're what a third of the way through the season. So it's not a good situation. Um, that on top of all the Trey young stuff that, you know, that, that has happened. Um, Trey himself, Trey's relationship with Nate McMillan, um, Trey, how well is he really blending with DeJounte Murray? Not that they don't like each other or anything, but this, this whole trade was only really going to work if, if they were both great players at the same time on the court. I don't know that we've seen that yet. Usually one or the other has been great, but maybe the other guy was off the court at the time. And so if, if one of them is not giving up the ball or sharing it to the other one and they're not really getting in a flow, it's not, the trade was a bad trade. Um, and if you're not contending at the top of the Eastern Conference, the trade was a bad trade. We haven't even talked about John Collins yet, okay? I mean, we haven't even talked about the salary cap issues or the luxury tax issues they're going to be facing soon. So they got problems. And the unfortunate thing, I'll just wrap up with this, is it wasn't that long ago when they were the young darlings of the NBA, <laughs> the rising, young, talented, fun team. Mm-hmm. And, and it would not shock me if things got worse before they got better. Um, but we'll see how they play the rest of the year. We'll see what happens, you know, before the, all, before the all-star break and, and before the trade deadline. Um, Tony Bressler, is, 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 he's, he's similar to Arthur Blank in that he's emotionally and financially invested. He's also similar to Arthur Blank in that he doesn't have a lot of patience. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see how it, how it plays out the rest of the year. But I, I will just say that I'm, I don't feel really good about the Hawk situation right now. Would you call it philosophical differences at the top of the organization that has led us to this? Whether it's roster construction, team building, whatever it may be? I think, I think you would not be inaccurate to assume that there's been some disagreement at the top on some things. Okay. Jeff Schultz, got to ask you. <laughs> well, well, way Very to, tactful. Yes, way to stay in there. Uh, we got to ask you about our, our Falcons because they play tomorrow. Desmond Ritter is the, is the story, obviously. Um, I think you had it. First, when you, you, you said, hey, they have told yeah, Marcus yeah. Mariota that he is not going to be the starter, and it, it became a blank storm because then we didn't know the guy was going to basically walk out and say, hey, I have an injury that I have, I have, to, have to deal with, which I thought was completely, right. you know, crazy. Uh, it, was, it, was cons- bull. it was bull. Yeah, considering yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't know anything about it. Yeah. What's, where, where are the Falcons with their uh, evaluation on Desmond Ritter? I get the sense, Jeff, they really like the kid. They feel good about him. And I think, you know, four games may be enough for them to say, hey, we, we can do this with him and make our team better in other areas. How do you feel about the Ritter situation? Well, I, I hope four games is enough because that's, 
that's what they've left themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, I, I I personally would have been more comfortable with with six, but obviously they knew the situation, and it got to the point where they they thought, okay, we got to do this now or never, and we've lost four out of five anyway. I think is what they had lost at that time. So um, I think they really liked um, how Desmond Murray reacted. We all saw how that game against the Saints started last week. And as I wrote, that would have been a very easy way to go into the tank and melt down when you're down 14 nothing after seemingly 12 seconds. And, uh, and you've only had the ball once. And he didn't. He actually got a little better as the game went on. He, and he looked good, I thought, in the fourth quarter um, and was driving them to what could have been a tying, a tying field goal or the winning touchdown, if, if not for the fumble by Drake London. And so I think that's what they were really – that's what they are going to lock on to after last week is – his poise, his cool, um, and and the fact that the game had started to slow down a little bit. Um, now, having your second game, even though the Ravens don't play Lamar, aren't having Lamar Jackson this week, play, having you play your second game in Baltimore is not easy. That's a really tough place to play. In cold weather, loud fans, you know, traditionally a good defense, um, and they're a good team. And so it'll be a really good test for him to see how he, how he bounces back. Um, I think they like him, but I don't think they're at the point of this is our guy. And I don't know if they're going to be at that point until they kind of look at all four games and look at their draft position and look at free agency and um, think about who they could get in a trade. I do know, I do know that next year, I think it's fair to say they want to take a significant step up. They're going to have cap room. They're going to be able to add some pieces, whether it's on the line or, or give them some more weapons and certainly add guys on defense that they need. Um, so, you know, they can't, it can't be a maybe kind of decision that with Desmond Ritter after this year, it doesn't mean they would cut him, but if they're not sure that he's ready yet, I think they'll go out and get, and get somebody else. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. do you think in, in a sense, that's more of, they would get a quarterback that's already in the NFL as opposed to using the draft capital on one? Because, again, you can solve both. Pro- you can still get other complementary pieces and address the quarterback. There's plenty of quarterbacks out there that can play right? Uh, uh, that are available, and you've got cap room for all of them if you wanted to trade away assets or whatever it may be. Do you think it's it's an either-or kind of deal where they're, they're, they would commit to the draft with Desmond or they would actually look for a ready-made quarterback in the NFL? I- yeah, that's a possible answer. I think it would depend on, number one, what do they think of Desmond Ritter? Is he not going to be ready now, but he might be ready in a year or two? Um, and and then what could they get in trade? The only thing I know for sure, uh, I, I think this is Terry Fontenot's philosophy, but I know it's Arthur Smith, is he thought, unless you think this guy is absolutely going to be 100% all pro or something like that, it's a waste of money to draft a quarterback up high on a bad team because you're basically wasting his first two or three years of his contract. When you got no assets around him, you don't build around him. And I think the theory after this year and free agency um, that you will have some room on the cap, that you will be able to field a decent team next year, regardless of who's at quarterback. So that might give you a little more, make you a little more comfortable to do whatever. Um, But I, I think in terms of whether they, sign a quarterback in free agency or, or trade for one with a couple years left, a veteran type guy um, or draft one will depend who's available, what the team looks like and what they think of Ritter. It's just, it's impossible to kind of project that. That is Jeff Schultz who joined us earlier today talking all things. Dansby Swanson, Braves. We talked about our Hawks and of course, Desmond Ritter 
and the Falcons. They'll play tomorrow against the Ravens right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 1 o'clock kip, kick, that is, 11 o'clock pregame. All right, Zeno, tonight's uh, game winner is very easy. What are you drinking? We've been talking about it all day. Oh, yeah. What is your go-to drink for the holidays? Do you have a drink that you enjoy, or do you like a specific brand that you have to have? You can go with both of those, one of those, or all of them. Doesn't matter. Brand you drink, what's your drink, what's your go-to drink for the holidays? We'll tell you what ours are coming up. 404-741-0929. That's tonight's game winner. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is your drink for the holidays? What are you drinking? Uh, What are you maybe drinking tomorrow? What are you drinking on Christmas? My wife's been on this espresso martini thing. She loves them. Yeah, they're not bad. Um, I, I like them as well, but not as much as she does. She's been on that. Um, obviously, I'm a big bourbon guy. I know you like uh, Blue Label, right? Blue Label? Mm-hmm. We'll have some of that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but is Scotch your go-to? I mean, bourbon is more of my go-to. Nothing beats a good old-fashioned when it's made right. Fair enough. It's actually made with actual sugar you yep. know, cube that's muddled, and, and, you get, and it's done right with the bitters. And, the, you know, I mean, so uh, you get a good old-fashioned with good bourbon. And I have a smoker in my house too. Oh, I do too. The, the jar that you put over it and smoke it's, it, yeah. It's so great. it's, I mean, it's it's fantastic. So, not to be too good old fashioned, but I, I will, I will. You, you can know, smoke you, more than just old fashioned. I know. Stuff. Yes, you can smoke a lot of things. Um, but that said, you know, after eating a lot of food, I just like to sip on something really good. And Scotch is usually to go to at the end of the night. Fair enough. Um, and, and I, I was telling you this. I had a, a Manhattan the other day. That's another good go-to. Not a rye guy. Um, I like Manhattan. A good Manhattan is is, is legit, man. Uh, and this one was really good. Chris, do you have a go-to drink you uh, enjoyed on the holidays or that you are planning on having here over the next few days? Oh, funny you should ask, Carl. <laughs> I'm going to have some Knob Creek. Hey! Courtesy of one Sea Dukes. Yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, it's good stuff, too. White Russian? You a White Russian fan? Not really. I don't like the cream. In my, no? My, I don't like cream and booze together. Okay. What about eggnog? No, that I can do. 
Now, what do you put in your eggnog? Well, you know, if you get to just get the Evan Williams eggnog, it's pretty it's so good. good. It is good. Like, you just make it, make your life easy. I just buy the Evan Williams kind. Usually, it sells out pretty quick, too. Can I, I recommend a beer this time of year, too? Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale is one of the best. They only make it from November to December every year. What is it, a holiday brew? It's a holiday brew. It's one of the best beers out there. Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. Okay. Yeah, uh, the, the eggnog, it's funny. I went in and got some the other day. At uh, where I'm over at, at Bullock's, and the guy mm-hmm. behind the counter, they know me because, hey, Carrie, hey, man. And he's like, you're only going to get one? And I was like, no, you're right. I'm going to get two. So I went back and got another one. But I don't know why. Why does that sell out so fast every year? Everybody just jumps on that. It's so it's, good. tastes so good. It's yeah. just easy. It's on all the alcohols in here. It's no hassle. You don't have to, you have to think through it. All right, if you've not had it, go check it out. What is it you're drinking? Uh, what's your drink of choice? Maybe it's a specific brand. Let's talk to Dylan on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, man, Dylan, what are you drinking? Hello, everybody. It's your boy, Virtual and Dylan Matthews. We're going to hometown take. I'm going to have to go with my favorite beer that will be Heineken. I also like to give a shout to my favorite Chicago Cup player. Make love to me, Dan. Fair enough. Uh, and if you're not familiar, he's imitating our Dylan. Um, if you're not picking up on that. Uh, who, what did he say? Heineken? You a Heineken guy? No. I haven't had a Heineken in a while, man. I'll be honest with you. The Heineken lights aren't bad, actually. Really? I I, I mean, listen, if, if in a pinch, I'll have one of those. Yeah, I haven't had a Heineken in a while. Hey, Swede, you're up next. What are you drinking, Swede? Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, you took it right away from me. Evan Williams eggnog for absolutely sure. It's super smooth. Uh, the other will be a Belvany Doublewood 12-year-old Scotch. Ooh. Uh, happy uh, holidays to you. Merry Christmas. And I'll talk to you uh, in a few days. Yes, sir. Bye. Enjoy, sweet. You a big coffee guy. You like coffee drinks during this time of year. Uh, I do like coffee. Now, um, I don't know how much I, you know, like to make like an Irish coffee or whatever yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I was asking because I love Irish coffee as well. Well, see, what the Italians do is we have what's called demitasse, which you take your espresso and you put some Zambuca in it. Yeah. Good. Very good. Good. I think maybe I've had some. You have to like Zambuca. That guy's definitely not Italian. Uh, I think I've had that before, Zeno. It is pretty good. Yeah, I'm a big You have to like licorice. Uh, Yeah. Because Zambuca is a pretty pungent flavor. There are a lot of things that that, uh, you can do with Zambuca, but I'm not necessarily a Zambuca fan. Uh... Good stuff, man. Appreciate you guys. We're coming back. We're going to clear our throats, make way for the Hawks tonight. Hawks, Pistons, pregame at 7 o'clock and uh, tips at 7.30 tonight. Let's hopefully find a way to get a dub. We're coming back. We'll clear our throats next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.